Mary Maria Sprout. 15 seconds to curtains, you three. Oh. Oh. No one's here. Well, I guess I'll just be going then. Hi, welcome to Muppet Fans Talking. I'm Maria. And I'm Sprout. Welcome. Welcome. So glad to have you here. Uh, this is week three without Mary. It's week three without Mary, but week two of us recording. Yes. Without Mary. It's weird still. It's very, it's, it's still very weird. How are you feeling? Tired. <laughs> I meant without Mary, but like, same. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We're both I very, think, very tired. Yeah. No, it's, it's sad still, obviously. Yeah. But I feel like we're getting the hang of it. I feel like we're getting to, into a rhythm of um, same brain, if that makes sense. The one brain cells really working. We like to joke that we have three brain cells, and usually I hold two of them, and then Mary and Sprout pass one between them. Um, but somehow Mary stole one of mine when she left, so now uh, Sprout and I only have one. We are holding together. Sometimes I just pass mine to you. Yeah, sometimes I just have it, and that's okay. And I'm just <laughs> there. <laughs> it's fine. Um, should we get into some Muppet news? Yes. Okay, I I'm going to start with the Henson Company announced they're developing a new poetry-based puppet series with Common. I, uh, I, I wonder what poetry they're gonna do i mean obviously like is it gonna be commons poetry or is that just like their token human i feel like that might just be their token human i don't know i would love to see them cover all different kinds of poetry though that'd be fucking cool tell silverstein where the sidewalk ends do it right now do it i, I dare you coward do it get a puppet <laughs> recite poetry my do amusement. Do me, pickle me, tickle me too with a fucking puppet. Do it right now. You got so loud in my ears. <laughs> <laughs> Sprout assaults me ASMR. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sprout, you have some Henson news. <laughs> okay. Um. The Fraggle Rock soundtrack was pulled from streaming. I wonder why. And it wasn't even just like Spotify being weird. It was pulled from YouTube Music. It was pulled from Apple Music. And it was pulled from Spotify. But usually that's because of either one, rights issues, or two, they're planning on doing a physical release. I hope it's a physical release. You and me both. I want, I want, I, not only do I want a vinyl, I want a DVD, please. Well, they already did one re-release of the vinyl. I meant a CD. I didn't mean a D I'm so tired. I mean, if they re-release the vinyls, I'd be beyond ready. Please, give gimme. it to gimme. me. Gimme, I want it, gimme. I love records, but the thing is, I normally don't buy new records. I like going to thrift stores and finding those cool old records when I'm there. Ah, the I, I, I do, but... Also, we got Muppet news, and I hate to change the subject from that, but we got fucking Muppet news. Oh, what did we just get? 
It seems that finally Disney will do something with the Muppets brand as the division Muppet Studios might get a rebrand starting with a new logo for the studios. This is like the 10th time that Muppet Studio Disney's Muppet Studios have done a rebrand. Dave Goles, the performer of Gonzo, says not too long ago in an interview that he's very excited for what's to come. Say it has the same feel of the old days working on the Muppet show. Huh? What if, what if, hey, Sprout, what if we, what if we get, what if we get a rebooted Muppet show? What if we finally get a reboot? What if we get a revival? What if we get a revival? <gasps> Screaming! What if, what if we get a, hey guys, what if we get a revival? Sprout, put this in, put this in the episode. Hey guys, what if we get a revival? <laughs> guys? Hey guys. Oh my god! Hey guys. Also, the perspective logo, it looks like a mixture. We were talking about this before. It looks a mixture of like the old Muppet show logo and uh, Lucas Studios like pushed together. Yeah. Oh my god. I'm so, I'm so excited. Do I have and... to sing again? No. <laughs> and uh, Dave says that, that it reminds him of the old days. That's like that's very exciting. That is so exciting. Yeah. Oh my uh, god. So I'm I'm so very, very, very excited to see uh what uh what's new and what's happening. I'm beyond excited. M- I want Muppet I wanna know. Muppet in twenty twenty one? I mean we're getting um the Muppet Haunted Mansion. Probably ad, in that October. What do you mean that doesn't count? It's an ad. <laughs> doesn't so count. much of so so much of Disney is an ad. Do you remember in the 2011 movie how there's just a big poster for Cars 2 that's shown multiple <laughs> times? Everything Disney does is an ad for other Disney stuff. But it's so funny because that movie by far is the worst Pixar movie ever made. It, that movie bombed. Well, that one and The Good Dinosaur both bombed so hard. I would hard. watch The Good Dinosaur over Cars 2 any day. Eh, I don't know. I feel like they're both on par of bombing. At least, the, at least like, the Good Dinosaur has beautiful visuals you can just kind of get sucked into. Are you saying the Cars universe isn't a beautifully visual? Visually rendered masterpiece? Excuse me? What I'm saying is they made a fucking movie in which a high-tech spy company was trying to get fucking Mater. That's, that's all I'm saying That's here. because the high-tech company thought Mater was an international super spy, but he wasn't. They were all just really dumb. I, that movie was bad. I would like to say I saw this movie one time like 10 years ago and I watched it with my dad because I was like, do you want to watch it? the new Cars? It wasn't even new. It had been out for a while. He was like, yeah, okay. And we both sat there and he just went, what the fuck is this? I I saw it in theaters and I saw it with oh. my mom and I remember after whenever we were walking back to our car usually I'm like so what do you like about the movie I I you know I have this script planned out in my head cuz mm-hmm. I don't know how to talk like a person mm-hmm. and um <laughs> and literally I didn't say anything I I just went 
that movie was really bad. <laughs> <laughs> and mom was like, that was a Pixar movie? That was bad. <laughs> anyway, this is not a Pixar podcast. If you oh, guys want alliteration. It is. If you guys want us to do a Pixar podcast, tell us <laughs> on our Twitter. Uh, okay. Speaking of Twitter, this is a this is a good segue. Ooh. Um, we asked last week uh, about yes. topics, uh, like little mini things that we wanted you guys to tell us to talk about, and uh, people did respond. They responded after we recorded. <laughs> <laughs> so we didn't get to them so now we're gonna get to them so uh, here's some of them at turning to stone hey i wonder who that is I know that name i know who that guy is i, I wonder who guy. they are hey dennis how are you <laughs> dennis is the best uh but the muppets present pilot script maybe a blind table reading if possible this one made me laugh when I first read it, because we have plans. We have so many plans. You got, we have a whole Google document of plans for different episodes, and I'm very excited. This is one of the plans, but I don't want to say anything about it because I want yeah. it to be a fun surprise. So, so Dennis, ju just you wait and see. <laughs> um, at Muppet Men 2, Warren said, I prefer... Muppets Most Wanted over its prequel, so over hey. the 2011 movie, which uh, Sprout and I were talking about before we recorded. We both also prefer Muppets Most Wanted to the 2011 movie. I'll various reasons. Our conversation here. Yeah, splice it here. Transition noise. We're getting a rebrand. We might be getting new stuff. We might be getting a revival. We're getting a sequel. We're no. back by popular demand. <laughs> Ad, stop. I hate it. <laughs> Why? I actually do. No, no, I'm joking. I, okay. I do. I love the. I love the that <laughs> no, I love the most wanted um, soundtrack more than the 2011 soundtrack. I have, I have a weird hot take. What's your hot take? I kind of like most wanted more. Oh, I love most wanted more than 2011. I feel like, I feel like that's a hot take. I feel like it is too, but also 2011 to me felt very pandering, and it also just felt like uh, Jason Siegel's wet dream. It didn't feel like an actual movie. But that's just my opinion. The thing is, for me, when I watch it, I will say I was a, a little bit inebriated when I first saw it. But when I first saw it, I was just like, wow, there's no puppets here, and I'm bored. In the 2011 movie? Yeah. Whereas yeah. in the 2016 movie, it's all puppets. All puppets, all the time. I Love also this. feel like that just speaks for my own brain. I mean, same. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like the 2011 movie was um, Jason. It, it wasn't based on the actual like Muppet Show, like it was mm -hmm. supposed to be. It was based on Jason Siegel's memory of the Muppet Show. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. So th that's why I personally didn't like and also it, it felt very like pandery and kitty while the while most wanted felt not as it still felt a little pandery sometimes and a little kitty sometimes but not as much as the 2011 movie did the one thing that really bugged me with the 2011 movie was the jukebox soundtrack same, same. that wasn't in most wanted yeah there was so much jukebox in that movie and mm -hmm. i um 
that's why in my rewrite, I had Dr. Sheath and Electric Mayhem have their own song and took out most of the jukebox stuff because I was like, I hate this. <laughs> I Why are you giving them jukebox songs? We know that in the Muppet show, they, they did covers, but Muppet movies, they had their original soundtracks. Yeah, unless it's yeah. Muppets from Space, but even then, it's just their yeah. own music. Yeah, and, and Muppets from Space was an is an outlier because of the times. <laughs> Transition noise. Okay, and we're back. I'm sorry if I get your name wrong. Uh, Holoja? Is that how you say it? I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, the at is at Stephen Hyde, but the E's are C's. It's literally anything about Muppets Take Manhattan. It is the superior Muppet sequel, in my humble opinion. It is a great sequel. So good. I love Muppets Take Manhattan dearly. <laughs> I love Piggy's character arc in it. Mm -hmm. I love Jenny. Jenny's mm -hmm. one of my favorite like human characters mm -hmm. when it when it comes to the Muppet universe. Me too. Um, I love you know Kermit's you know, the frog is staying his his monologue. It's so good. Mm -hmm. Visuals, Frank's directing. It's so it's all of it's brilliant. Me and my best friend have an ongoing joke i guess where we just look at each other and go a frog marrying a pig oh the <laughs> sounds of love Sweet. oink oink so i love that movie with a great passion oh it's so funny um <laughs> also sometimes i do forget that it ends in the wedding and then i'm like oh yeah this one this one was why the movie was like promoted so much is because of the wedding same for Muppets Most Wanted. It also has the best Muppet cameo in existence, which is in the wedding scene, scene Uncle Tramp traveling Matt being in the front row. I, well, hold on. Literally every like Muppet character is in that scene. I know, but it, Uncle Traveling Matt makes it so good. Yeah. You know he just wandered on that set, and they were like, God, we he need did. you on stage. Go, go. Come here, and he's like, come Huh? <laughs> Get over here. He's like, huh? Hello? I do love Dear Bert and Ernie in the back. Dear nephew Gobo, <laughs> I I came across the weirdest ceremony today. <laughs> Frogs and bears and chickens were being watched by these weird, silly creatures. I, it would happen. Well, I thank you for writing uh, Uncle Traveling Matt fanfiction on our podcast. I'm crying. Oh, it's very funny. Do you like my Uncle Traveling Matt? Dave Goals better really watch out. It's really good. It's actually really good, honestly. <laughs> is that your first attempt ever? It is. I was, that like, was really... For a first attempt? I was really flying by the theme so of it's my very, it's, it's, you gotta You gotta talk through your, like, lips. Like it's kind of like doing an impression of George Lucas, but uh, gruffer. <laughs> That's the second time we've mentioned George Lucas or Lucas in general. Okay, um, any ex at Danny exists six on Twitter says Waldo C graphic, aka the most obscure Muppet I can think of apart from Leon. There's more cursed. obscure Muppets. There's so many. Uh, he's cursed one, but also two, evolutionary at the time. Like, this was a revolutionary program to, to do, uh, you know, graphic puppetry through computer animation, through uh, live hand. Like, 
now it's just commonplace. The Jim Henson Company does it all the time. Um, but why did Steve have to make him sound like that? I feel like Steve saw the little his little red nose and was like, oh, it's a clown, so I'm going to sound like the worst clown in existence. He sounds, make... like, he sounds like when you have one of those, like, when you're a kid. <laughs> he, sounds, he sounds like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, terrifying. I'm glad he's not here. I mean, he's at Muppet Vision 3D in uh, Walt Disney World, so I'm so sorry to the patrons of Walt Disney World who have to see him all the time. I'm not sorry. The fact, if he ever goes away, that means the attraction's going away, so. Yeah, well, no, they could be like, hey, we don't like him. <laughs> also, can we talk about in Muppet Vision how Waldo Seagraphic at the end, it's just Mickey? Just Mickey Mouse was like, I'm playing a prank on you. No, or is we, it? what we need to talk about is the Swedish chef doing what everyone wants in which he brings out a fucking cannon and tries to blow him out of existence. We love that for us. Thank you, Swedish chef. He knows what we need. And uh, finally, at John from Buckland, uh, John requested he, he he on the tweet requested a few shorter things so we're gonna go rapid fire for faster discussion um okay. miss piggy's best slash worst outfit what are your thoughts um, i don't know her outfits well enough oh no okay best outfit there's this like purple the outfit she wore a few times on the Muppet Show. I know she wore it in the Elton John episode and it has this great boa and I love it dearly. And I love her hairstyle with it too. And her worst outfit, um, probably something. Oh, there's this specific outfit she wears on the Fantastic Miss Piggy show that's so 80s that I hate it <laughs> with my entire life and soul. Uh, and I cannot remember it. I just remember when I watched the Fantastic Miss Piggy show, and I've watched it multiple times. So I've been through hell. Uh, and I, I remember seeing it and going, "That's ugly as hell." Even for the 80s, that's ugly as hell. I can say for worst outfit, her curly yeah. hair in Muppets Take Manhattan does not suit her well. I love her. I love that. I know it's it's also very eighties. It's very eighties. I, I, I like the the blue blazer with the red uh, mini skirt. I like that. I'm I'm just talking hair here. Her hair looked like they fried it a bit. Is, is hair an outfit, Sprout? It's not an outfit, but it's part of an outfit. Chuck E. Cheese is not a restaurant. This is the <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese debate all over again. Do they recook the pizza? Listen, do, where do you stand on the Chuck E. Cheese restaurant uh, debate? Um, hmm. Is it a restaurant or is it not a restaurant? I think... Well, what classifies as a restaurant? You can sit down and you can eat food. Uh-huh. Which you can do there. Yes, but there's also like an arcade and like a a, a a ball pit thingy. In some locations, they have That's ball pits. That's what I think makes the difference. They don't advertise themselves as come eat our food. They advertise themselves as come play our games. Well, no, they advertise both. They're like, come see Chucky and, and eat our pizza and, and look at our, uh, play our arcade games. And, and oh, and they, there's a salad bar. They have a salad bar. Ew. It's for the parents who don't. The parents are like, I've eaten too much pizza. Give me the salad. Give me greens. That doesn't exist, first of all. Yeah. No, but like when you're, say you're watching a commercial, 
You'll see uh-huh. somebody eat food for like one second. The rest of yeah. the time, it's kids playing games. They're they're advertising uh-huh. mainly their games. What's an Olive Garden ad besides people talking together? And then they're like, "When you're here, your family." There is more food in an Olive Garden commercial than there. I feel is like there's more food. food. Okay. Um. <laughs> This is not a Chuck E. Cheese podcast. <laughs> okay, um, let, let's. John has a few more. Favorite Bert and Ernie adventures? Uh, the claymation. My favorite is the one where they get stranded on an island. I was gonna mention that one. <laughs> that one. I love that. I love that they're both lying on a on a little floaty together, and <laughs> and Ernie's just strumming a ukulele. I like that they have tiny, just like bickering moments in that episode they do it's it's very much like married couple i see you you're a married couple (laughs) you're right you're a married couple on a vacation uh and then finally gonzo's most entertaining stunt what do you think is gonzo's most entertaining stunt Mm i have to think back on those okay we're gonna think we're gonna think for a second and then we'll be back my favorite gonzo stunt gonzo impersonates a female (laughs) oh i love i love doing that stunt it's when you do drag i do that stunt all the time (laughs) i do it opposite because i'm a drag king to the people who don't know i I am a drag king so my favorite stunt pretending to be man put on my stubble and it is such a burden it is such a stunt i'm putting my life on the line what voice am i doing mamma mia mamma mia what voice am i doing i don't know it's like a picture it's like new jersey but mafia but nothing you know what this is my favorite i know my favorite your favorite. Gonzo rides a motorcycle in the Statler and Waldorf's balcony. I was literally about to mention that one. It's a good one. It's a great one. I like it because whenever the motorcycle uh, lands in there, for a split second, you can see Jim's head. <laughs> just for a split second. If you want to see Jim's head for a split second, just watch old Sesame Street. Oh, definitely. definitely. Actually, Jim and Frank are both. <laughs> yeah. What? is my favorite thing to do with any Muppet thing is look for heads and, and arms mm-hmm. and everything. Um, and there's a specific part in the great Muppet caper whenever Kermit is dancing with the coat rack, you can see Jim's knuckle for like a split second holding the the um, coat rack. I love seeing mm-hmm. that. You can see you can see literally half of Richard's face in the Muppet movie. Do you remember that? I do. Yeah, it's whenever they're at the uh, Bogan County Fair, and mm-hmm. I think Fozzie is talking to Kermit about something, and they have ice cream, and you can just see half of Richard's face. <laughs> it's, uh, it's all it's obviously been taken out when they do re-releases in digital, but if you can get yeah. like an older uh, DVD of it, you can you can still see it. So good, it's very fun. You could tell he's just like looking at a monitor. I think he's one of like Fozzie's arms or something, or he's yeah, like right. one of the yeah. background characters or something. Either way, it's just very funny to just see an uninterested man's face just <laughs> intently <laughs> looking to the side. Oh, this fun carnival with the main characters, and there's just this 
unfazed. Who's this man? <laughs> Who is this man? He's very He's very close to Fozzie. Who is he? <laughs> My favorite Muppet, Richard Hunt. Oh, that's a good answer, too. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Um, uh, we, we've done notes. We've done uh, answering that stuff. We should get into the episode. This episode topic is about the humans of Sesame Street. We're not going to go through every single human that's ever been on Sesame Street. There's a lot of humans. There are so many. Um, we're, we're just going to go through more of the prominent ones and then some that mean a lot. Uh, you know, us. Mostly just me, yeah. personally. I look at Tara and I'm like, I, you. I <laughs> you and Tara. me. Yeah. Okay, so um, the first one, obviously, I think I should mention is Gordon. Obviously, oh, he's the he's the first human we see. Yeah. Um, and Gordon has had a lot of actors. He's been recast multiple times. Three times. He's had three different yeah. actors. Technically, he has four. <clears throat> True. Uh, because Garrett Saunders performed him in the test pilots, and then yeah. seasons one through three was Matt Robinson, which is where he mm -hmm. gets his last name from, Gordon Robinson. Uh, and then season four and five was Hal Miller, and now season six to now is uh, Roscoe Orman. Uh, and I, I know people are going to be like, now he, we barely see him. He's, they've done a few episodes with him recently. Uh, so for, for season 51, and I hear they're going to bring back more human stuff for season 52. Don't That'll quote me. This is just some insider stuff, so we don't know if it's completely true or not. I hope it's true. Me too. Uh, anyway, so his debut, of course, 1969. And uh, he debuted in the first episode along with his wife, Susan, which we'll get more on her in a minute. And he was a history teacher after serving in the army. And then he became a science teacher. And um, both Gordon and Susan live one, two, three sesame street at the stoop and in 1985 the couple adopted their son miles yeah, yeah uh, which was nice to have um to to show that they're still a family even though they adopted him which is always lovely and there's been a few adoptions since then too yeah cool. there has uh, he, uh, Gordon was in Follow That Bird, which was Sesame Street's first theatrical movie, which he played, his role was to get Big Bird to jump to the car. <laughs> He's uh, reappeared in the series and outside of the series in uh, read-along videos, and uh, he, he was appeared with cast members. The Sesame Street's 50th anniversary celebration. And um, he appeared recently in two videos. I can't remember what either of them are, but I do remember seeing it and being like, Gordon, Gordon's here. Hi, Gordon. And here's a quote of around 1991, Gordon's surname was revealed in a storyline that involved Gordon teaching in a classroom and the stu students couldn't address their teacher as Gordon. 
Ormond suggested Mr. Robinson in honor of the original Gordon, Matt Robinson. Gordon was named after photograph filmmaker Gordon Parks, who directed Shaft. And uh, the actor Garrett Saunders, who played Gordon in the test show, uh, test pilots. He was unidentified until a 2011 online campaign launched by Sesame Street Workshop uh, seeking to identify him. Fun fact, Gordon first met Susan in Pawpaw, Michigan, which yeah. is the town where Loretta Long is from, and she plays Susan. I was going to mention that when we got to Susan. I'll cut it then. <laughs> no, it's okay. You can keep it. Um, so, before we, we move on to another character, um, is there any specific, like, story arc or, or like, defining character thing that, that really uh, stood out to you for Gordon? I'm trying to think of storylines. Because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm still watching through... Um, I'm still in pretty early seasons of Sesame Street, so I yeah. haven't. I'm. I think I'm just about to hit Roscoe's Gordon. Got it. Got it. Um, I mean, obviously, when they adopted Miles is is a huge one. That is a huge one. I do remember that from when I was a kid. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I just always remember him being on the street and being so helpful, but also pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's a very funny character. In general, just makes me happy. And he and he's a teacher, and that's mm-hmm. lovely. And he's the first human we meet on Sesame Street. Yeah, yeah. So he'll always have a gigantic role. Um, do we have any head cannons for the character? I don't. But I was thinking to see if I might. I don't know. My brain mm-hmm. might have something hidden in there. Okay, we'll come back to it if you, if it does. Do, do um do we have any favorite like human Muppet in, uh, interactions with Gordon? Follow that bird. Uh, well, obviously, I I meant like any specific like characters that you like that he interacts with. Oh, um, yeah. I love seeing him interact with Telly solely because he just gets so angry as Telly uh-huh. is freaking out, trying to calm him down. So funny. So I good. I love him with Oscar because he will. He just. It's not the same way that Maria doesn't take Oscar shit. It's just he he flat out is just like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, oh, another thing. Um Oscar was reading story books, like nighttime storybooks to Slimy in like season 44, 45, and they all had to do uh they all revolved around Trash Gordon, which was Gordon's alter ego, who was like a trash man. I love it. Yeah. Uh, so, have you thought of any headcanons for Gordon? No. No? No. I haven't. <laughs> I haven't thought of anything. <laughs> take uh, that. Take that. Screw you. This is a big <laughs> screw you, Maria episode. No! Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm a little goblin. Oh, goblin! Everybody hates me. Yeah. I, I hated that specifically. <laughs> if you hate it so much, why is it in the episode? <gasps> you can't cut it because I'm referencing it. Ha <laughs> ha. Okay, let's move on to Susan. 
Um, Susan has had one performer this entire time, Loretta Long. Mm-hmm. Her debut is in 1969. Uh, she's married to Gordon. Her name, mm-hmm. her last name is Robinson, obviously. Uh, and also, she she was the mother who adopted Miles. I hope we're just not going to be repeating ourselves. Um, and Susan has appeared since the test pilots. Yeah. And um, she was a nurse, and then she was a housewife, and then she went back to being a nurse. So, um, it, basically because of the character would be as a, a better role model for young girls in the viewing audience at the time. I mean, mm. now, I don't think it would matter. But, you know, it was the late 60s, so I think it, it mattered more then. Uh, she, she worked as a mechanic on the street, fixing cars, and even a bus. Uh, uh, when Big Bird went to camp in episode 1706, hmm. and she often sang the song One of These Things, which is the famous Sesame Street song. Everyone knows it. Everyone loves it. And um, her car and Oscar's car, I believe, were in the garage that was in the um, roundabout arbor area. Mm-hmm. And so... It's not going to be an episode, but a mini thing of just how many times the Arbor's garage building has been converted into something else is like I am. There's so it's been so many things. It's wild, very crazy. Um, Susan's parents are Dorothy and Lee. They live in Michigan, and, and they have visited Sesame Street uh, on occasion. And uh, Susan's middle name is Gloria. Susan Gloria Robinson. Outside of the show, she's headlined her own album, which is Susan Sings Songs from Sesame Street, which is a lot of S's. And uh, she's been in both of the Sesame Street movies, and she returned for the uh, Sesame Street 50th anniversary uh, celebration. And as Sprout said before, Gordon and Susan first met in Paw Paw, Michigan, which was Loretta Long's hometown. Love that. That's a cute thing to add in. That is very cute. Uh, so, you know, more story arc stuff. I mean, we have the episode where they, you know, the, the stuff where they adopted Miles. He mm-hmm. had when uh, she was uh, helping the uh, measles outbreak vaccination plan that mm-hmm. was happening in the U.S. Yeah. Um, that was a major thing. Um, any other big things that you can think of with mm-hmm. Susan? This isn't really specifically with Susan, but um, I was just thinking about her first introduction where she's inside their their house. Mm-hmm. Their house. <laughs> their house. <laughs> their house is like, that's an apartment? That's the New city. York? <laughs> oh, yeah. Also, yeah, it's very big, but also like, that. this is the 60s, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um. We have uh, any head cannons for Susan? Can't think of any off the top of my head. We have so many head cannons about so many Muppet characters, <laughs> and then we get to the humans, and we're like, "You're a human." <laughs> well, I think the other thing too is it's like they're they're humans, but we don't really see like they're there to be the adults. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
there's kids and then there's Muppets to distract those kids and then they're this they're here to be the teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Um I think Gordon and Susan uh, have like monthly dates. Like they have a specific oh, yeah. date where they're like, This is our, our going we're gonna dress up to the nines and we're going out. We're going oh, yeah. to dinner and, and we're gonna have fun. Oh and dancing. I think they love dancing. There you go. That's a headcanon about Gordon and Susan. They love dancing together. Um, <laughs> we have, do we have any favorite Muppet duos w- with Susan? I love her with Big Bird. Same. Yeah. She's, she, she's such like a mom with Big Bird, which I love. I also love specifically the episode where she's been working on a car and she's like all gross. An Oscar. Uh-huh. It's just like, well, hello. Hi. <laughs> it's like, Oscar? Hello? <laughs> Sir? <laughs> Oscar's taste are just everywhere. Os- uh, pansexual icon? <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> um, should, should we move on to the next character? Yeah. Okay. Mr. Hooper. Oh. Yes, uh, he, he was performed by Will Lee, and he debuted in 1969. He was the shopkeeper on Sesame Street from uh, 1969 until 1983 of, you know, Cooper's store, obviously, or Looper's store, if you're Big Bird. No, he's had a few names. Yeah, he's had so many names. We'll get to those. <laughs> uh, he, he was uh, one of the original human cast members. And originally, Hooper's store was a candy store on Sesame Street, mm-hmm. which I forgot about until I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, it was it was just candy. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, it's like a general it's, it's a bodega, basically. Mm-hmm. But he lived in a three bedroom apartment located at 33 Sesame Street, which I think is like above Hooper's store or near Hooper's store. I don't know in the context of the earlier seasons, because I know it's changed. Yeah. So many of the numbers on Sesame Street has changed except mm-hmm. for 123. And the CTW advisor, Gerald S. Lesser, was discussing the Sesame Street characters, including the first season cast, and originally described Mr. Hooper as slightly mean and abrasive, but with a poorly hidden nice streak. Uh, and in the first season of the show, Mr. Hooper was often seen developing bizarre inventions with outlandish names. Which is the hiccup curing machine and a machine that creates tens of anything. <laughs> I feel like um, Cookie Monster would love that second machine of just like tens <laughs> of anything. Here's one cookie. <laughs> I feel like that is going to be me when I start doing robotics. Uh-huh. Just that's- going mad scientist, yeah. Mr. Hooper, like, ah! That's going to be me. Here's this weird invention I made that can... Mm-hmm. Butter your toast. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mr. Hooper mellowed over the years and developed a close relationship with Big Bird, who, who uh, bought birdseed milkshakes from him. <laughs> and it's, it's such a nice relationship. I, I love, love them. Um, friendship was occasionally frustrated by Big Bird's frequent inability to correct, uh, correctly say his name. Saying, you know, Mr. Looper. And um, according to Oscar, the two were quite fond of uh, one another. 
which is just Carol just saying, "Yeah, love they, they they're friends." Hmm. And in 1976, Mr. Hooper began attending night school in order to earn his GED. And as someone who also earned her GED, because I had to drop out of high school, it's, it's nice. It's nice to see that. Um, he explained that as a youth, he was unable to finish high school, having been put to work at a young age. Food. <laughs> uh, the following season, he finally graduated and considered further educational pursuits. And we know that his character's first name, Harold, was not revealed on the show until he received his high school diploma. But later, a middle initial H was added to his name in the episode when he broke his arm. So, Harold H. Hooper. That's lovely. Uh, Mr. Hooper is Jewish, sometimes speaking in Yiddish. I listen. I love hearing Yiddish. I, ooh, it's so... Listen, I love Mr. Hooper, and, and whenever I just hear Yiddish or Hebrew, I'm like, yes, me, 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 that's me. <laughs> so, um, and uh, he tells Big Bird, I grew up in a neighborhood where there was only, uh, th that was the only language a lot of people spoke, also mood. Uh, and in 1978, Christmas Eve on Sesame Street, uh, it is established that Mr. Hooper celebrates Hanukkah, obviously. <laughs> Yeah, I, I would think so. I am reading this part from the Muppet Wiki because I didn't know this. Concerning his upbringing, Mr. Hooper once sang a song, When I Was As Little As You Are, revealing that his father owned a store and he helped out as a child. His little brother Arnold, who made occasional visits to the street, also helped out in the family store when they were young. Mr. Hooper also had a cousin named Humperdink, played by Lee, and a sister, Emily, she calls from Chicago. He had an imaginary friend named Mr. Mishmash, a personification of his clown doll. No, thank you. <laughs> no, thanks. I love it's like, yes, this is my imaginary friend, clown. <laughs> Mr. Mishmash, no thank you. Mr. Mishmash, that's a mishmash of ideas. When actor Willie died in 1982, it left the producers of Sesame Street with the question of how to deal with the loss of Mr. Hooper. Elsie Singer, executive producer at the time, said, If we left it unsaid, kids would notice. The only way out was to avoid the issue of death entirely. Producers toyed with the idea of telling viewers that the character had gone away. Big Bird's performer Carol Spinney said, We don't know we didn't know what to do. We thought perhaps he should just retire, move to Florida or something. Then the producers thought that the best thing to do would be to actually deal with death. After much discussion and research, the producers decided to have the character of Mr. Hooper pass away as well, and use the episode to teach its young viewers about death as a natural part of life and it's okay to grieve and feel sad when a loved one passes. And um that one is and it, I don't know how to say, like, it's a very special episode. And I, and I do, yeah. even though I cry every time I watch it, I do love yeah. watching it. It's um, wonderfully acted. I'm so glad they did it. Yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. It would be much better than to just have him move away or it not yeah. be mentioned. Yeah. Mr. Uh, Mr. Hooper's farewell episode aired on Thanksgiving Day. Ooh. 
I know. Thanksgiving Day. Um, elected by the Daytime Emmys as being one of the ten most influential moments in daytime television. And Sesame Street Workshop's Hooper Society Bequest program is named after the character. And according to a 2016 online game, Mr. Hooper was born in 1908, which was the birth year of the actor Will Lee. And also a thing about Willie is he could only get work on Sesame Street because uh, Hollywood blackballed him because they thought he was a communist. Oh, no. Because it was during the Red Scare, so yeah. he wasn't allowed to do any um, acting. That's wild. Sesame Street was like, come here. We got you. you. Be, our elder- be our elderly inventor, Candyman. <laughs> uh, and now we're just going to go through Big Bird's names for Mr. Hooper. Mr. Super, Mr. Crooper, Mr. Hooker, Mr. Cooper, Mr. Glooper, Mr. Looper, Mr. Pooper, Mr. Duper, Mr. Cunningham, <laughs> Mr. Trooper, Mr. Booper. <laughs> Mr. Cunningham's my favorite because I can remember just, hello, Mr. Cunningham. Oh, wait, that wasn't even close. That wasn't even close. <laughs> oh, um, I love it. Yes, and there have been many mentions of him posthumously, and um, a lot of them is from Big Bird or people talking about him to Big Bird, which which I I love because they did have such a close relationship. Yeah. Uh, so much so that uh, at the ABCs of COVID nineteen, which premiered last year, a segment on helping children cope with losing loved ones, Big Bird recalls his own grief. And Mr. Hooper died. Just very sweet. Yeah. Do you have any headcanons about Mr. Hooper? I don't. Do you? you Give don't. me your headcanon. I have a few, most... Okay. Um, I feel like he was very religious growing up. And then mm. when he moved away, he still had all of the, like, tchotchkes and, and different, you know, symbols and everything. Then, yeah. uh, like, still celebrated holidays, but he wasn't as into it yeah. as he was when he was a kid. Plus, he's not, you know, surrounded by family. Um, I, I also like to think, well, he has his brother Arnold and his sister Emily, and I think they all like to talk. Like, mm-hmm. so, like they had phone calls constantly. Um. I also can we talk about one of my favorite things with Mr. Uber is whenever Ernie and Bert are the, the <laughs> Christmas uh, yes. thing where Ernie and Bert are are trying to get presents for each other, but they can only do that by sacrificing. <laughs> their own presents because they don't have any money and so then mr hooper comes back and gives them their stuff back nice that's so sweet he didn't have to do that didn't no um and and obviously my favorite uh muppet character with mr hooper is big bird oh yeah yeah by far definitely um so now we should go to bob Blue Eyes, Blue Eyes, Mr. Blue Eyes himself, uh, performed by Bob McGrath, who debuted in 1969. Uh, Bob Johnson is a music teacher who lives on Sesame Street. 
and um, he he's the one that sang most of the songs, most of the iconic yeah. songs. I mean, he is a music teacher. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Bob was introduced as Gordon and Susan's neighbor, and he lives above Hooper's store. Mm -hmm. And um, he's he's not really a uh, parental figure. He's just a teacher, which I like, because so many of the characters are more parental. While he's like, no, I'm here to teach you things. He has a cat. Or had a cat. Uh, either way, I love that he has one. Yeah, anytime there's a cat, I'm happy. Yeah. Also, here are some of the other names that Oscar has called him besides blue eyes. He also has bright eyes or high tonsils, which means good singer. High tonsils means good singer. Why are you complimenting this Sir? man? Sir? Sir, Oscar? Why are you complimenting this man? You're going to give him nicknames about his beautiful eyes and beautiful singing sir hello <laughs> <laughs> um bob has a sister named jane who lives in the mountains and and writes to bob on occasion and he has a brother named minneapolis johnson who's an archaeologist who who's just a, a ripoff of indiana jones yeah, and um... he's he, he's performed by um well, you see, he's, um, performed, um, I can't even do the bit because I'm laughing too hard. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, he's, perf he's performed <laughs> by Jeff. Hold on, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get this. Do okay, he's, do it. Got this. Uh, Minneapolis Johnson is, um, Formed by Jeff Goldblum. I did it. I did the bit. Uh, and I, I just, I just want to bring up Minneapolis just for a, a hot second. Minneapolis is so gay. He's very queer, but maybe that's just Jeff Goldblum being. It might Jeff. just be Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> yeah, that might just be Jeff being Jeff. <laughs> anyway. He also has an uncle Wally, and he has a, a this is Bob, uh, and he has a deaf niece named Samaria, and we know his birthday is August fifteenth, so um, it's July when we're recording this. So happy early birthday! Thing we didn't talk about in the news, it was Bert's birthday. Oh yeah, it was Bert's birthday, and oh. Ernie usually Ernie tweets out like Happy birthday, mm -hmm. hope you're having fun or whatever, and he didn't tweet out this year. Nothing. Ernie. Ernie, what's wrong with you? You didn't tweet? It, my, means, it means nothing. The only thing keeping my head together is they were probably on a cute date for his birthday. They were on a great date. and neither of slipped. them tweeted. Uh, yeah, usually both of them tweeted. I don't know why. What's up? Um, the Count's still tweeting. The Count tweets every day. Good for him. He knows what's up. I'm just glad he up. doesn't go on Muppets Twitter. We can't talk about the count on Muppets Twitter. We can't get it, especially not during a Sesame Street episode. <laughs> the character Bob was originally going to be named Bobby, but then when they cast Bob McGrath, he was like, hey, why don't just do it Bob? Because that's my name. <laughs> why not? Um, and we could talk about his relationship with Linda, mm. which I, I love. I love them. They're so uh, cute. They're so adorable. 
Uh, Bob has a close romantic relationship with Linda, and um, they started dating in the 70s. And Bob was in Hawaii, and he called home to Linda, and Luis interpreted for them, and at the end of the phone call, Bob explained to Luis to hold his hand up and drop the third and fourth fingers to Linda and give the sign for I love you, and she signed it back, which is so sweet! Oh my gosh! Um... Linda surprises Bob by teaching his students how to sign Keep Christmas With You as a gift. And um, in an interview with Sesame Street special Barbara Walters, the icon, interviews Bob about his relationship with Linda and asks if they have any future plans. Which then Bob proceeds to gush about his relationship and plans with her for tomorrow, which entails going for a walk in the park and playing checkers. Which Barbara awkwardly thanks Bob's and goes, this is what we call a slow news day. (laughs) Um, During the wedding of Luis and Maria, Bob and Linda wonder about marriage and the wistful bachelor and best man. Bob uh, turns to the maid of honor, Linda, and he thinks if he were to get married, would it be, be someone like you? Then Linda responds in sign language through a video thought bubble, uh, thinking the same things. And then they both think, I wish I knew. Which, uh, it, oh gosh. They're so cute. They deserve love. They deserve each other. I love them. They Um, they really do. At Eternal Con panel in 2019, uh, Bob acknowledged that he was responsible for the two never becoming an official couple, like getting married, like Marianne Louise did. Mm-hmm. He was concerned that it would affect his personal appearance in concerts where he would often bring his own kids on stage, and he feared this would create a dissonance between his uh, screen and real-life personas. Which, which makes sense. I completely understand. Yes. I completely understand. But also, Bob and Linda, they're married in my head. That's a headcanon. Oh, yeah. They're yeah. married. There's the headcanon. Yeah. Uh, some of it is also another thing. Bob used to play football in high school. And his mother originally came from Ireland. Hmm. Do you have any other headcanons about Bob? Besides, he's obviously married to Linda. I wonder what how he learned sign language. Because wasn't it like he always kind of do it in the show? Yeah, yeah, because he yeah. would kind of be uh, Linda's interpreter. Yeah. Um. Well, I know that there's some schools, like the school I went to, that it was, um, like you could choose between either Spanish or sign language. That's so um, cool. Yeah. So maybe it was that. Mine used to have Spanish and French, and then they just dropped French. Yeah, there was. You could either pick between because you had to have. Uh, either Spanish or French, and then you could either have one of those, or you could have sign language. So you uh, you would still be learning two languages out of the three. So, but then they eventually did drop French. Like whenever I was in middle school, I think. Um. But yeah, I don't. I don't know. Um. It could be self taught. I mean, there are a lot of really? uh, people who are self taught. Um. That wasn't a headcanon, I just realized. No, that's fine. You could headcanon that he is self-taught, or you could headcanon that he learned it in school. Um, I don't know. 
Do we have any favorite uh, Muppet uh, duos with Bob? Oscar. Oscar? Yeah. A lot of these <laughs> have been Oscar. Either Oscar <laughs> or Big Bird. We just love Carol. He just gets so angry at Oscar. And it's so funny. There's one where he's just like banging on his can. I can't remember what it is, but he's so angry. And he's just like, what oh, up? It was the one where everyone finds out that Maria's in the hospital with the baby, and Oscar won't tell them. Yeah, (laughs) he's like, "I have to be a grouch. I can't be. I can't be helpful. I'm angry." It's like you're a baby. He is a baby. You're. I've diagnosed you with baby. (laughs) The uh, the character of David was performed by Northern Calloway, and he de- debuted in 1971. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was the second season. And he was there until the 20th. And I am reading the Wikipedia article, which is, David is a hip, upbeat individual who's a fond of eccentric hats and singing. <laughs> That's a fun way to describe. That's just how you describe me. <laughs> Uh, he... That sounds like that sounds like the way they would describe Amanda Bynes in a like early two thousands movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is that David? No, that's Amanda Bynes. <laughs> anyway, um, he worked part time at Hooper Store when studying law, and he lived in an apartment across the street from One Two Three, which in the movie was like a music. Uh, like a record shop, so that kind of makes mm. sense. Um, for several years, he and Maria had a romantic relationship. However, in later seasons, uh, they broke up. Maria fell in love with and then married Luis. Mm. And I do like there's a thing whenever Maria and Luis finally get together, they're like holding hands and walking down the street. Yeah, Big Bird and Snuffy are with David, and Big Bird is like. I'm sorry we have to hate Maria now, or something like that. And David's like, what? What do you mean? And he goes, because you guys are, aren't together anymore, and she loves Luis, so we have to hate her. And it's like, no. <laughs> no, you don't. No, we're still friends. It was very nice uh, of you know Sesame Street to write I thought, that. I thought, like, I thought what? for some reason you were going to mention the, do adults have to hold hands when they cross the street? <laughs> Oh, that was the before. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I was talking about the after. Yeah. Yeah. I do, I do love the. Do adults have to hold hands when they cross the street? <laughs> it's such a little kid thing. <laughs> Big Bird is a little kid. I love Guys, Big Bird. Um, David inherited Hooper's store after Mr. Hooper's death. And mm-hmm. David's family includes his grandmother, Harriet, and his niece, Akeem. And it's also mentioned that he has a brother named Gregory. Mm-hmm. And um, when Northern Calloway left the show in 1989, it was explained that David moved away to live with his uh, on his grandmother's farm, and the ownership of the store was turned over to Mr. Handford, which is a very strange last name. Mr. Handford was great, though. He was. He was great. It was a very strange name. In my opinion. <laughs> do we have do we have any headcanons? I like 
um, this isn't a headcanon, but I do want to mention the song of um, what's the name of that song? There's two versions of it that that David did that I love. There's the original, and then there's one that's in the mid '80s, if I'm remembering correctly. It is because Elmo's in it, and it's uh, it's Evan's Elmo. It's not Richard's Elmo. Do you remember that one? I don't. They're all on. It's a bunch of humans and kids, and Big Bird's up there, and Elmo, and oh, there's another. I think maybe Telly. They're up on the roof of one, two, three, and they're all singing. And David is playing the piano, and they're singing that song. And then Oscar is on the ground with I think Gordon and Susan, maybe, or maybe Bob and Susan, uh, and uh, and Oscar's just like they won't stop singing. I do remember this because I yeah. remember it drove him crazy all day. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um. I came up with a headcanon as you were reading. Go for it. What's your headcanon? So, based on David being a hip, upbeat individual who's fond of eccentric hats and singing. Yeah. After he left Sesame Street, he was whisked away on a, a an, on an adventure with throughout the UK where he met the man of his dreams. What? I was just trying to make it out the stereotypical Amanda Bynes movie. <laughs> you, I. <laughs> Maria was performed by Sonia <laughs> for many years <laughs> to talk about yourself in the third person. <laughs> no, Maria. Maria's tired. Maria wants to end this episode. We've been recording for two hours. Oh my god. Um, Maria first appeared on Sesame Street in 1971. She was a Puerto Rican teenager, and she took a job at the Sesame Street library, which then was converted into the Fix-It shop, where she was hired, and then she was promoted to a full partner. She she often mediates between Muppet characters. Mm -hmm. Um, She's been the target of the Amazing Mumford's magic multiple times. Oh, yeah. And uh, Grover's lectures, and um, Oscar the Grouch's Oscarness, <laughs> <laughs> and we-, we talked about it last week. But his nickname for her is Skinny, which like Oscar. <laughs> what are you looking at there, Oscar? Oh, I I forgot to mention this. I wanted to mention this at the top of the episode, but last week Mary was live tweeting, listening to last week's episode, and at one point, whenever it got to me reading out my Oscar Maria uh, manifesto, she just tweeted out, "Maria, what the fuck?" and it made me laugh so hard. <laughs> just what the fuck, Maria? Are you okay? What is happening? I'm not okay. and uh she also appeared in pantomime skits as uh charlie chapman's the tramp which i love i love those skits they're so fun they are good um she had a romantic relationship with david and then uh later she had a relationship with louise and married and she became maria rodriguez (laughs) and uh we've seen tons of her family at the wedding and not at the wedding and then Maria's pregnancy became a storyline on the show, 
where they had their daughter Gabby, who Gabby is named after Sonia's real life daughter, Gabriella. Hmm. And um, Marie and Louise ran the fix it shop together, and then it was converted into the mail mail it shop in 2002. And then it got converted back into the fix it shop in 2006. Then it became the laundromat in 2008. And then uh, Maria became the superintendent of the uh, of 123 Sesame Street. He fixes things there. Yes, it comes full circle. What <laughs> does Luis do? Who knows? Who cares? I think all all I care. Yeah, he helps. Here's the thing, because um, there was the one where uh basement floods and Bert mm-hmm. and Ernie have to sleep in uh Gordon Susan's house and Maria and Louise and Oscar are fixing yeah, Oscar the pipes. Helped. Oscar helped unfortunately. He didn't like helping. <laughs> um and in twenty fifteen Sonia announced her retirement from Sesame Street. Uh, but she did reprise her role in the fiftieth uh, anniversary celebration. Uh, and in the uh, t- uh, 2020 CNN town hall special, which was coming together, standing up to racism. Also, she lived in 123 herself in the back corner apartment, and Buffy and her family would typically stay with her during their visits to Sesame Street. And then when she and Luis were wed, Luis mo- moved into her apartment. Dancer and actress Carla Pinza. I hope I'm not pronouncing that wrong. Appeared in a few episodes of season two as a Puerto Rican resident of Sesame Street named Maria. Only one of this character's two episodes survive. Hmm. So I wonder if we'll ever see that other episode. Weird. Very weird. Do you have any favorite storylines? I mean, obviously her pregnancy with Gabby is a major storyline. Um... Not a specific storyline per se, but I love the episode where she's having food cravings. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. With coconut. What it is? Yeah, snuffy yeah. rings or coconut. Yeah. Okay, do you have any head cannons about Maria? Well, I mean, I mean, you know all of mine. We have, we have my head cannon. Yes. She is sort of kind of in love with Oscar, but not really because she's in love with Luis, but there's something mm-hmm. there, but there's not, but we can't talk about it. Nobody bring it up or mention it. Oh my God. Oh. Listen, I've, I have thoughts. I have so many big brain thoughts about these two. I love Luis. He's one of my favorite human characters on the show. Still. <laughs> Any, any other? I, I think uh, this is one that's in our Google Doc. Is uh, Marie and Louise and, and Bert and Ernie double date? Uh, yeah. Oh, I love that headcanon. I do too. They pick it's out a- one Saturday a month and go try yeah. out a new restaurant in New York. Yeah, that's on our, our Bert and Ernie Google Doc. And we also have that sometimes Gabby comes along and they get ice cream. <laughs> Yay. Um, now let's men- let's go over her husband, Luis, whose uh, performer is Emilio Delgado. He debuted in 1971, a- and uh, he's Mexican American, and he married Maria, and they had their daughter Gabby. 
and um, they operated the Fix-It shop together. And But he founded the shop with Raphael in the third season uh, before it just became the Fix-It shop. Originally, it was um, uh, R and L Fix-It shop, mm-hmm. I think, or L and R. Yeah. Yeah. And then he became, he, oh, in 2014, he began maintaining the bike shop, which is next to the subway. Luis is skilled at playing guitar and taught Rosita to play. And he has a dog. (laughs) Manolo? He has a dog named Manolo. And he has an alter ego, which is Senor Zero. (laughs) Uh, and, And we... Saw him at the uh, 50th anniversary celebration. We saw him at the beginning song, and we saw him uh, with Maria in Hooper's store, and they were doing the dish ran away with the spoon uh, thing, which was nice. And I feel like I might be wrong, but I feel like we saw him also at the CNN 2020 fight against racism uh, thing, but I might be wrong. Do you have any favorite? I mean, obviously, also when Maria's pregnant, that's a great storyline yeah, with Luis. Yeah, that's a really good one. Yeah. Also, a specific um, scene is one of him and, and Big Bird. Uh, it's later, whenever it was the male at Chop, um, talking about their differences. That was a good uh, yeah. thing. That was really nice. And also, Emilio is pretty active on Twitter, which is crazy. My, my goal is to interact with him on twitter emilio come on our podcast just like like one of my tweets and i'll scream about it for a year please same (laughs) emilio you want to come on muppet fans talking (gasps) talk about a cool guest that would be the coolest guest (laughs) (laughs) also Um, this is uh not it i guess this is an interaction they Chrysler mm-hmm. did some commercials with Sesame Street a few years ago. Yeah. And there's one that I just find so adorable. It's like Amelia's in the passenger seat, Ernie's driving. Uh-huh. Rover's there, and I think it's Abby and Elmo, and he's just dropping them off at school. Oh, <laughs> it's so cute. <gasps> oh, I love them. <laughs> That's adorable. Um have any favorite duos i love him and big bird i I think they have a great chip there they do um and and i love him with elmo i think they they have mm -hmm. a great relationship as well i would probably either go with big bird or i think he's had some good ones with telly as well like in the early oh yeah yeah definitely and and mr snuffy of course, Mr. Yeah. Do we want to talk about Gabby, who is their daughter? Gabby was a weird one, because wasn't Gabby originally played by Sonia's daughter? Yeah, yeah. Gabby was originally played by Gabriella, and then Gabby was like four, three or four, and she was like, I don't want to do this anymore, because I, I don't like, the, the quote is something from uh, Sonia's book, something like, I don't like pretending that you're my mom because you are my mom. Why do I have to pretend that you're my mom? <laughs> and so then they changed it to um, her performer is Desiree uh, Casado. Gabby was born in the 20th season of Sesame Street. 
And then in uh, her teenage years, she and Miles uh, were uh, known to assist Alan at Hooper's store, who we'll talk about later. Mm-hmm. Then we got to see her graduation in high school with Miles. And then uh, in season 38, we saw Gabby attending college and uh, being more of an adult than, you know, a kid or a teenager like she was before. And um, though Gabby is no longer a character on the show, starting in season 43, uh, there are occasionally reused street stories with her. And Desiree also appeared in, as, uh, in character as Gabby at the Sesame Place theme park, which is fun. When did Miles debut? Miles debuted in 1985 in uh, episode 2122 graduate together they graduated together but their um birth years are four years apart so maybe he did sort of like a mr hooper where he went back to high school type thing okay yeah that, that would do it maybe I'm just like, wait a second these dates are yeah the dates are very weird but <laughs> whatever um i love her with uh i love her with elmo i love her with telly yeah, Abby, Abby and Rosita. I love her with Abby. No. She has a specific thing. See, I haven't um, seen any of the newer stuff. I've only seen her from when she was a kid. I've only seen her like kid and teenager, and I didn't see yeah. her like college type stuff. So I think I... of her in like daycare with Gina. Really? Yeah. yeah. I I, so. I remember her of like around the corner days. Mm. Yeah. So my um, head gets to, I love her interacting with Telly and Baby Bear. Oh, I also, well, she did have some great stuff with Baby Bear as a, as a kid and a teen. Yeah. 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 Um, well, I think there was an episode as a teenager that she was babysitting uh, Natasha that I really liked. Uh-huh. Yeah. Do, do we want to move on to Gina? I love Gina so much. I love Gina. Uh, her performer was Allison uh, Bartlett. She debuted in 1986. Uh, the character was created by the writer Nancy Sands as a day player role. And uh, she, her first episode was her getting lost on the way to 123 Sesame Street, uh, where Gordon and two directionally abled science class students were watching the night sky. And she had some reoccurring appearances that season. And then she was introduced as a regular working at Hooper's store uh, in episode 2358. And um, she had developed friendships with Mike and Savion and had a romantic relationship with Jesse, which are all um, male teen characters that were on the show sp- sporadically. <laughs> and she graduated in high school class of 1990. And uh, she continued to work at Hooper's store while figuring out what uh, job to have. And then uh, later, she revealed that she wished to work in childcare and had taken night classes, getting her teacher's uh, teaching certificate and working part-time at a daycare center. And then, uh, so she ran a daycare center located around the corner, which was a thing on Sesame Street. Oh, we can't get into it right now, but it's a whole... <laughs> It's a whole decade, almost a whole decade of, of Sesame Street that was basically, yeah. we're, try- we're almost dying because of Barney. How do we yeah. fix this? <laughs> um, 
Then uh, in season 30, she began studying to become a veterinarian. Then in, in season 32, she opened her own vet clinic in the building that was a, a garage that was in the courtyard arbor. Again, that garage has been turned into so many different things. It's been everything. Yes. Um, and then in season 37, she traveled to Guatemala with uh, Maria to adopt Marco. Gina's mother appeared off screen and then later on screen at her daughter's graduation ceremony. And uh, her mother is Italian. And her full name appears on the window of the community vet clinic at Sesame Street at SeaWorld, which opened in 2019. And then the script... Uh, refers to a young girl played by Anna Cara as Gina's little sister. However, mm. this was not mentioned in the episode, and the script mentions her presence at Gina's graduation, but she is not included there either. So weird. She, she does have a little sister, but also she doesn't. <laughs> what is this, Schrodinger's sibling? Schrodinger's sister. <laughs> um, uh. I love Gina so much, and we did see her at the um, 50th anniversary. She had a scene mm -hmm. with Julia, which I loved. Same. And, and um, I just love her dearly. And I love her uh, relationship with Telly. Yes. Just this so manic, much. this manic <laughs> child. <laughs> and then her. <laughs> it's, it's very funny. I love the episode specifically where... Because Gina also has just as big of a love for little Jerry and the monotones as I do. Yeah, yeah. Freaking out because she got free tickets and trying to invite Telly to go with her. Mm -hmm. It's such a cute episode filled with a bunch of manic scrambling. It is. Um, before we move on to any like main lasting characters, I did just want to mention this one character named Iris. The live-action character who was performed by Leslie Carrara Rudolph once, hmm. and it was features the private eye, which is uh, an eye costume played by T.R. Knight, and um, Leslie just looks really hot, and that's all. That's the only reason I wanted to mention. I've met Leslie, and I I she couldn't be like you're. Delight. She is such a delight. She's so and nice and I had my puppet with me and she tried mm -hmm. it on and puppeteered a little bit and I'm like I, I'm dying this is amazing um, but I couldn't be like yeah you're very hot to her face because <laughs> I am a child <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just imagining um, the scene from the Spongebob movie where Mindy first comes on screen and mm -hmm. Patrick is just like you're hot <laughs> yeah yeah that's about it that's about it that's so funny before we get to another character i just wanted to mention mr noodle because he <laughs> he was a character specifically for elmo's world mm -hmm. and for so long i just thought he was like elmo's imaginary friend Same. then during but then the 50th anniversary celebration we saw him on the street talking yeah. with other humans and i was like he's real that's a real man, right? So I'm like, that's a real man? Hello? And also, Mr. Noodle has tons of brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. um, I remember Mr. Noodle being on the show. 
at yeah, one point. There's, there's and Mrs. Three. Noodle. Okay, so there's Mr. Noodle, that's the main guy, and then mm-hmm. he has two brothers, and he has, I think, three sisters. Jeez. There's Mrs. Noodle, Miss Noodle, and Miss Noodle, and I think Miss Noodle is was performed by, um, I can't think of her name, I'm such a fake Broadway fan, oh my gosh, kill me. Um, fuck. <laughs> Taylor the Latte Boy, that's what she sings, I can't think of her name. A fake fan. Hold on. <laughs> I'm looking her name up because I'm horrible. Fake uh, fan. Kristen Chenoweth! Oh, oh my god. Right, listen, I haven't had a good night's <laughs> sleep in 16 days. I have been moving for 16 days. Talk about and I'm... bad sleep. I'm right there with you, man. <laughs> okay. Um... So I, j- I just wanted to mention Mr. Noodle. I also wanted to mention Mr. McIntosh, who, whose performer was Chet O'Brien. He was a fruit peddler, and he, acar- and he appeared on the show from 1971 to 1992. And he would always do a little soft shoe when he was dancing uh, and selling uh, his wares. He wasn't like a permanent. What? I'm sorry. I thought you were just going to go. He was a fruit. <laughs> I don't know about this man. Maybe he is. I don't know anything about him. He was a fruit. Sure. Whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know your life. Okay. So Willie was performed by Kermit Love. He was a hot dog vendor on Sesame Street. And he uh, appeared from the 70s to the 90s. He's a background character. And um, he also appeared in Follow That Bird. Made me very happy. Yeah, there's a Muppet version of him. who is a green anything Muppet. <laughs> and uh, Willie wears a yellow feather in his hat, which is a reference to Big Bird because mm-hmm. Kermit Love built the original Big Bird Muppet. He did. Uh, Linda was performed by Linda Bove, who debuted in 1971. And she's a librarian who worked at the Sesame Street Library on Sesame Street. Uh, she was introduced in season two, and she was a regular character through season 33. She was introduced uh, as a character for the, uh, as an actor, for the National Theater of the Deaf, uh, mirroring her real life uh, actress. And then she moved to Sesame Street and became a librarian. A librarian, which was also mirroring her real life degree in library science. Linda is, is deaf, as is her performer. And uh, Linda allowed the producers of Sesame Street to teach viewers about sign language and address issues faced by uh, deaf people in our community. The people who don't know, I'm partially deaf, and for a long time I uh, could only speak through ASL. And so when I saw Linda as a child, I was like, it's me, it's me, like I did with Mr. Hooper. It's like, it's me, it's me. So I love Linda dearly. She's, I think she's my favorite human character. Linda's so cool. Solely because of when I was little, just going, it's me. I do that. (laughs) I do that. Hey. (laughs) And uh, again, her relationship with Bob, it's a romantic relationship. And um, Linda was the owner of Barkley the dog could understand some asl actually he couldn't yeah. understand verbal commands at all no only asl only asl mm-hmm. um 
Linda's father came to visit and celebrate her birthday in episode uh, 0914. Then later, she gets a, a teletypewriter so she can call her dad on the phone, which is so sweet. And upon hearing that she acquired the new machine, she gets messages to call her Aunt Ruth, her uncle uh, Terrace, her brother Glenn, and her cousin Amy. Hmm. Uh, and she also participated in some songs using ASL. And as Linda no longer appears on the show, but some of her archive segments were used after her departure. And she continued to be mentioned in Sesame Street magazine. And she made a return appearance in Sesame Street's 50th anniversary celebration, which I do want everyone to know as soon as we saw Linda. I went, Linda! <laughs> and I did start doing this, which is the sign for clapping. Yes. I just I started, it. It, which people are like, oh, it's jazz hands. I'm like, no, this is no. clapping. I'm so excited. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. When I get very excited, I start to sign because my brain reverts back to sign language. So That's I literally so just went, ah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I love Linda. Same. In my head, she and Bob are married. Oh, yeah. And um, I, I love her dearly. And they happily have Barkley and Bob's one cat. Yes. Bob's cat doesn't have a name. Hey, Muppet Twitter, name Bob's cat. What's Bob's cat? Bobcat? Is that the cat's name? Is just Bobcat? Boo. Eh, funny joke? Boo. Waka waka? Boo. Why do you hate me? Okay. <laughs> Never hate you. I did hate that joke, uh -huh. though. Thanks. Okay, two uh, quick mentions. I wanted to mention Tara. Who was a, a wheelchair user, mm -hmm. a, a young girl who appeared from 1993 to 2001. The performer was named Tara uh, Schaefer. And um, she performed wheelchair ballet. And yeah. um, I remember also seeing her as a child and be like, wow, that's just like so and so uh, from you know, <laughs> my school and everything. I love, I love Tara. She's a a great role model for the disability community as someone who is disabled. I love her dearly. Anytime we get good disabled rep, I'm like, yes. <laughs> uh, and another character I want to briefly mention is Ruthie, performed by Ruth Buzzy, the actress, which blows <laughs> my mind sometimes where I'm like, Ruth Buzzy? Right? Um, she, she debuted in 1993 as the owner of Finder's Keepers, which was a second-hand store located around the corner at Sesame Street. And that then, lovely area. Yeah, and then after Around the Corner, we should do an episode on Around the Corner. We should. Yeah. So when uh, Around the Corner was removed from the show, Ruthie continued to appear uh, on the show, usually in costumes as other characters. Mm -hmm. And it just blows my mind. Because, like, with all of these characters i don't want to say nobody's but they're you know they're not prominent act prominent actors before yeah. sesame street so then just to have ruth buzzy yeah kind of just like huh i yeah. would just like to say um while yeah. you have all of these characters with various like oh they're in a wheelchair like me or like oh they do sign language like me i look at ruthie and i'm like she's a fucking nut like i am <laughs> Yes, Me. she is. Me. There's 
I remember an episode of Around the Corner where she's basically just spoof spoofing the Swedish chef. Am I remembering that wrong? She's just doing like a work, like work, a Swedish. Work. No, no, not that. She she's just like doing his bit of like I I'm in my kitchen and I throw ingredients around. <laughs> Literally just me. Except yeah. maybe burn no. my hand a bit more. And you somehow burn water. I've done it twice now. You're insane. Um, <laughs> I, I I wanted to briefly mention Buffy as well. Uh, who's her performer was Buffy. Uh, Sinete Marie. Her debut mm-hmm. was 1975, and um, she is a fictionalized version of of herself. And her real life husband Sheldon and son Cody. Uh, we're also playing version of some of themselves, and um, Buffy was a famous singer, uh, such as her. She was uh, recognized uh, with. She had a concert tour referenced in episode ten twenty seven. Her songs were played on the radio, and mm-hmm. when Cody was born, everybody uh, everybody's attention turned to him. So Big Bird shut himself in his nest area, posting a keep out, this means you sign on his door. Um, he's a baby. Buffy, he's a baby. Buffy explained uh, to Big Bird in a song that she loves different people in different ways. And uh, there's also the iconic thing uh, of Buffy breastfeeding Dakota in one episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was an Aboriginal woman, and a Canadian politician commented, I remember seeing that and thinking about how proud she made an Aboriginal woman, because nursing is a part of our culture. During those days, it was kind of a hidden thing. I mean, it still kind of is. Yeah. But to see Buffy doing it on Sesame Street was really something. In season nine, most of the Sesame Street gang traveled to Hawaii to visit Buffy and her family, who at the time lived there on a Native American reservation. And uh, B- Buffy and her family would continue to fly back to Sesame Street for visits. And the family would stay with Maria, uh, as we said. Uh, mm-hmm. But in season 12, Buffy and Cody took up residence in Oscar's trash can. <laughs> which is very funny. That is funny. Now I, I want to mention Alan, whose performer is Alan Maroka, who debuted in 1998. Uh, uh, Alan is a Japanese-American owner of Hooper's store, and uh, Alan took over the reins from Mr. Uh, Hanford in episode 3786, and uh, he became close friends with Baby Bear and Telly Monster. Yeah. Then uh, Alan later hired Gabby and Miles as his assistants, and now Alan's current assistant is Chris Robinson, who's the nephew of Gordon and Susan, which in my opinion, Chris has been there so long, they should just co-own the store now. That's my opinion. How long has he been there? Chris has been on the show since 2006 or 2007. Jeez. Which we'll, we'll get into that later. But yeah, I feel like Chris and Alan should just co-own the store now. Yeah. Alan is held in high esteem by residents of Sesame Street as evidenced by Big Bird's distress when Alan goes on vacation in episode 4060. In addition to TV specials and home video titles, Maroka as Alan has appeared in various live performances, including the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, the Evening at Pops concert, and Jim Henson's Musical World. 
<laughs> Here's some fun facts. At a panel at EternalCon in 2019, Alan joked that since his place of residence has never been seen or referenced on the show, he imagines Alan re uh, resides in the basement of Hooper's store with a cot and lamp. Mm -hmm. uh, a year later, as part of the Caring for Each Other initiative videos and Elmo's Playdate specials, spots in Alan's residence have been seen. Alan is also the second longest serving owner and manager of Hooper's store behind Mr. Hooper himself. Yes. And also to mention, Alan Maroka has also um, directed tons of Sesame Street mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. Which I think he just won an Emmy for the power of we, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. Directing that. Alan was always my favorite human when I was a kid. I love Alan. So I love Alan too. Um, um, I love his relationship with Big Bird. There's one episode that stuck out, like even before I got back into the show, just thinking back on my hazy memories from childhood. The one mm -hmm. where Papa Bear made that porridge machine, and it basically just floods Hoopers. Yeah, yeah, it's a great episode. I um I say it's recent, but it was a few years back because time is insane. Whenever uh, Julia was introduced and he explained it to Big Bird uh, about um, her being autistic, it, it mm -hmm. uh, just really hit me. Yeah. And Alan's such a great actor. Also, one other thing, and I might yeah. cut this because I sound so fucking lame saying it. No, it's okay. Um, Sesame Street started a podcast called Goodnight World. Have you heard oh, of yeah, this? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have. Made to help you sleep, because I need anything to try to sleep. And Damn. all of it is with Alan, and he has just the most perfect, calm voice. Oh, yeah. Ever. I might try that myself. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, I know we kind of stopped doing headcanons because we're trying to get through these because we've been recording for so long. But I have a, a headcanon because in real life, uh, Alan is married. Uh, I, mm -hmm. I, I like to think Alan is also uh, married in Sesame Street universe. Yeah. And hold on. I'm looking up his husband's name because I can't remember. Wow. So if, if, if you don't follow Alan on Instagram, what are you doing? Do it. Follow him on Instagram. He's the coolest. He posts constantly. I feel like this is very telling of myself. My brain mm -hmm. was just like, cool, let's just like autofill music while we wait. And it just went to do, 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 do. <laughs> okay. Very um, telling. Uh, his, his in real life husband is named Herb. They have a very cute mm -hmm. picture on Instagram together. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yes. So, so he posts tons of behind the scenes on, on uh, and stories about Sesame Street on his Instagram, and on his uh, little bio, it says, "I'm the owner and and profiter of Hooper's store and have been since 1998." That's so good. That's so sweet. I'm gonna look him up on Instagram because I never use my. Instagram. Instagram is Alan Hoopers. Alan at Hoopers. Alan at Hoopers. Alan at Hoopers. Alan at Hoopers. Um, 
Did we go or, to- or Elena Supers? No. Should we go? <laughs> should we move to Chris? Yeah. So Chris is the nephew of Gordon and Susan, and he first appeared in season thirty-eight, uh, which debuted in two thousand seven. I I was right. Ooh. And um, he seeks a job to buy textbooks for school. He answers new newspaper ads for Count Von Count, Cookie Monster, and Horatio <laughs> the Elephant. But none of the jobs uh, they offer work out for him. And then just as Chris is about to give up for the day, he sees Alan put up a help-wanted sign outside the window of Hooper's store and is hired as Alan's newest assistant. And uh, Alan has such a great relationship with Elmo. I think they have a great friendship. Um, Through Abby Cadabby's error-prone magic, he has accidentally been turned into a horse and transported to a frozen wasteland. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chris shares the same birthday as his actor, which was February 25th. And mm. he also has a fraternal twin sister named Christy, who's performed by his actual twin sister, Christy. I love that. Yeah, they, they had, I think, two episodes together, mm. I think. Yeah. Um, I, I love. I love Chris. Um, I want him to be a co-owner of Hooper's store. Yes, please. So he's been here since 2007. It's what yeah, he that's deserves. Wild. He's still an assistant now? No. Alan, he's a what co-owner. are you doing? Alan, Alan, come on. Make him a co-owner. Um, I, oh, I completely forgot to mention Olivia. Damn, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Uh, Olivia, her performer was uh, Alina Reed, and she debuted in 1976. I've been trying to go in like era order, but I completely mm-hmm. missed Olivia. I'm so sorry. No. Um, she's a resident of Sesame Street, and uh, she's her profession is a photographer, and uh, she worked in Detroit for a newspaper. She reunited with her brother Gordon, and she was welcomed to Sesame Street by Oscar a week later when she started looking for a job there. And um, she resided in Gordon and Susan's apartment. And she also was in Follow That Bird. And she has a beautiful singing voice. Very true. Oh, my I God. I love her so, so much. So good. She commandeered the carriage house, which was the garage. She uses her personal photo studio. So it's been a garage. It's been mm-hmm. a photo studio. Mm-hmm. It's been a vet shop. It's been a daycare. It's been, and now it's like a little reading nook, a common community area. That's at least five things. <laughs> so many things. So many. Um, she, uh, some of her notable appearances on the show include comparing photography with Oscar, taking Harry Monster to an eye doctor, dating a piano tuner named Bernie, teaching Big oh. Bird how to vote. And performing at Birdland and singing opera with Placido Flamingo, which are all great. Um, She was also present for several milestones on Sesame Street, which included Miles' adoption, the trip to Hawaii, and trip to Puerto Rico, uh, helping explain Mr. Hooper's death to Big Bird, and searching for Mm -hmm. Big Bird in the Metropolitan Museum of Art in Don't Eat the Pictures. That's great. That is great. Yes. Uh, and 
In the tradition of Sesame Street characters reading a story acted out by Muppets, Olivia has read The Two-Headed Monster, in which the two-headed monster is named Horn and Hardart, uh, Katie and the King, and how the King got his kazoo. And she sang so many songs. So many. And I, I don't Is it canon that Chris is her son, or did, did, does Olivia and Gordon have, like, another... Uh, I sister. don't know. Actually, I don't know either. Hmm. I've either uh, Chris is Olivia's son, or Chris uh, is the son of an unnamed sister to Olivia hmm. and Gordon, or brother. No, because he's he, it's mentioned sister. Oh, okay. Yeah, in like one of the, the his first one. episode. I apologize. It's not a new one. It's from two thousand seven. The newest episodes I've seen were from like. 2002. Catch up! <laughs> okay, there's Leela. The performer was uh, Natya Vid- Vidvasagar. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name. She debuted in 2008, and she was Indian-American woman who ran the laundromat on Sesame Street. And she appeared on the show from 2008 to 2015. Uh, but she made a return appearance in the 50th anniversary special. And she's also appeared with the Sesame Street cast at Jim Henson's Musical World, the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, and Extreme Makeover Home Edition, which had Sorry, the Sesame what? Street. She appeared as her character, Leela, uh, on Extreme Makeover Home Edition, which had like a Sesame Street themed episode. Why have I not seen this episode? I don't know. Extreme Makeover Home Edition had like a Muppet episode and a Sesame Street episode. How have I not seen these? I remember watching the Muppet uh, episode when it came out, like when it was airing. Mm-hmm. And most of it was just of Kermit, of the of oh. the Muppet one. I cannot remember. I remember seeing the Sesame Street one. I don't remember anything about it. All I know is Ty Pennington is a human Muppet. I remember at one point Ty Pennington was trying to get through the door of like a room, but like a Muppet was there and got mad at him. And it might have been Piggy or it might have been Kermit. I can't remember. Kermit All I remember mad is Ty Pennington. Yes, please. I just remember Ty Pennington looking at the camera and going like Muppets, like you know, one of those human. I'm like, oh no, that type I of thing. hate that so much. I do too. It's very weird. Um, she has a, a brother who's unseen but often alluded to, named Snool. S N U I L. I'm sorry to any Indian or Indian American people. I don't know how to pronounce names. Um, it's also mentioned that she has a sister and a baby niece. And um. In her debut appearance, Leela helps Murray Monster and Texas Telly in the laundromat. It was basically Telly pretending he was from Texas. That was his little play thing for the day. What am I? Stupid? No, I'm Texas. What's the difference? That's a SpongeBob quote, everyone. It is. I'm sorry, (laughs) people from Texas. SpongeBob. Also, I remember that um, two episodes, no, three episodes, um, Abby magically dresses Leela in a number of extravagant outfits. I remember that one. Another mm. one, 
is that Leela helped Elmo and Zoe make Rocco a boat. Oh. Make a boat for a rock. Rocco. And then Rocco. And we'll we'll talk about Rocco eventually. <laughs> um and then another episode which was Sesame Street tackling a, a, a topic which was Leela had a cell phone addiction. Hmm. Yeah. Um and now we're gonna talk about today. We we've got we we talked about Alan and Chris who are still on the show. Uh, but now we're gonna talk about two of the newer human characters. Uh, one is Nina, who's performed by Suki Lopez, who debuted in 2006. And Nina owns the bike store, and she lives on Sesame Street. She uh, joined the cast in season 46. She is a young, bilingual, Hispanic woman. And um, she not only works at the bike shop full-time, she, wa- she works at the laundromat part-time, while studying engineering in college, and also it's alluded to that she's Elmo's nanny. So she's just got a lot on her plate. How do you have that time? As someone going to school for engineering, how do you have that time? Okay, engineering. Full time at a bike shop. Part time at the laundromat. And she's a little red monster's nanny? Insane. Witchcraft. <laughs> um... She made her on-screen debut on the float on the uh, 89th uh, Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, and then she transitioned over to full-time to Sesame Street, which I think is fun. Mm. Uh, and in a recent episode, it uh, was revealed that she has a brother, Dave, whose husband's name is Frank, and they have their daughter named Mia. And... Um, they're all very lovely. And I love Suki, and I wish she got a more... She, I wish she got a heavier storyline besides, I'm the human here, you know? I believe we'll start adding more storylines from the side sounds of it. Yeah, from what we've been hearing, it sounds like they're going to be starting to add, re-add storylines again, which yeah. I, I hope so much for. I hope so, too, because that, like, yeah. that was always a really nice balance. Definitely. It, it felt like... This is a like a serialized show, but also this is to teach kids. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, and also, I hope we get to see more of her brother Dave and Frank and Mia, or yeah. in the show. I I hope maybe they'll become residents of Sesame Street themselves. That'd be cool if they did. Also, the guy that plays Frank, I can't remember the actor's name, but on his Instagram. Uh, on his bio, he, it has like plays Frank on Sesame Street. Um, we'll we'll call him yeah. TV's Frank. TV's Frank, not to be confused with TV's Frank. What? <laughs> there's a there's a show I like called Mystery Science Theater Three Thousand. Oh, one of the, yeah, TV's Frank. I'm so tired. I completely <laughs> forgot about TV's Frank. I love TV's Frank. Okay, now to our final well not final because there's a billion humans on sesame there's street so and we'll, many. we might do another episode next week or a week in the future i don't know um but let's talk about our last character charlie who is the first uh girl like young child actor that sesame street has had in i think like 15 years which is wild yeah 
But Charlie is short for Charlotte, and she was introduced. She's performed by Violet Tinarello, and she debuted in season fifty of Sesame Street. And uh, she and her family moved to Sesame Street after her parents, Mary and Victor, retire from the military. And Mary is performed by Jennifer Barnhart, who is a, oh. a amazing puppeteer yeah. who works on Sesame Street. <laughs> um, Charlie can be seen in audience shots of the Not Too Late show with Elmo. And uh, Charlie, uh, Violet, and Jennifer had previously appeared together as background characters in the magical wand chase, so you can be like, oh, there's Charlie and her mom, but that was before <laughs> Charlie existed. So that's huh. nice. That yeah. is fun. Um, and during uh, a web video of The Power of We, Charlie mentions celebrating Hanukkah. Uh, her family is Jewish. Play. Yeah. Uh, and we, we've gotten a, a lot of street stories with her recently and she's she has a really great dynamic with rosita i love i love rosita Um, yeah so (laughs) that's that's it (laughs) do we have any final thoughts uh for this episode final thoughts um i love human characters of sesame street so much and they deserve more time they do they deserve more time and credit Sesame mm-hmm. Street is nothing without it. it. The humans are there to give credibility to the puppet characters. So without yeah. humans, the show is nothing. Yeah, it's like um, when you look at Play With Me Sesame, where it was just the Muppets. Yeah. It's not the same. It's so not the same. The only part of Play With Me Sesame that I feel like is the same is the Bert and Ernie segments, and that's only yeah. because they've always been like that, without yeah. the humans, mainly. Um, but yeah, They're adults. They can do things on their own. Yeah, they're adults. Sesame Street needs its humans. Yeah. And um, also, the actors just deserve more credit. They're, they're, they do. I know we're like, the puppeteers deserve all the credit in the world, but these actors have to work against puppets, and that's some of the hardest thing to do. Honestly. <laughs> Truly. Um, so give them the credit they deserve. And on Twitter, tell us who's your favorite uh, human Sesame Street character. Yeah. And tell us about the ones we missed. We know we missed tons because this episode was getting long, and we might do a part two in the future. Who's your favorite, Maria? I, I, I love Linda. I love Linda, and I love Maria. Those two are yeah. my favorites. I love I love Linda because I look at Linda and I'm like, that's me. That's me right there, baby. <laughs> and then Maria, when I was little, it's just like, we have the same name and that's it. <laughs> um, but, you know, now I'm like, she's such a fantastic, well-rounded character. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Sprout? What are what is some of your favorites? Mine are Maria and Alan. I love Alan. Same. Icons. I love Gordon. I'm just thinking of all of the humans. I'm like, I love you. Oh, but I love you. Oh, but I love you. <laughs> yeah. Louise. I have such a soft spot for Louise. I think solely because he does the kind of shit I want to do in the future. Yeah. Build weird shit and fix things. And... I want to fix toasters. Let's go. I want to be a handyman. Let me be a handyman. Sprout, you can be a hand. You're the, the handyman of this podcast. Hell yeah. Technically. <laughs> Technically, okay. I am, actually. <laughs> yeah. I, what does that make me? 
The pretty face? <laughs> no, you're the researcher. Yeah, I'm, I, well, a lot of this I don't research. A lot of this is just in my brain because special interest. Well, see? Yeah. That just makes it easier. That's Mary. Mary's the pretty <laughs> face. <laughs> Love you, no, Mary. That's, we... that's our social media. Oh, yeah, she is, she's the social media icon. We all have our own seg- sectors of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> With our powers combined, we make a <laughs> podcast. <laughs> okay. Uh, are we good? Oh, wait, no, Muppet Struggles. I completely forgot about Muppet Struggles. That's how tired I am, guys. Um, Sprout, do you want to go? So, um, my Muppet Struggle is kind of a weird one this week. Um. Mm-hmm. I kind of had this realization that I have a magic power that keeps me from getting on Henson struggles. And I know me saying that now is going to be like, well, there goes the magic power. This podcast episode is going to be on Henson struggles. I have gone out of my way this week to post just curse content and none of it's made it onto Henson struggles. I'm so sorry. I photoshopped Frank Oz's face. Onto the sun in Teletubbies, and that didn't get on the Henson struggles. That was the most cursed thing I've ever created with my hands. Oh, it's beautiful. I love it. It's so <clears throat> cursed. So cursed. I love oh, it. Okay. How did that not make it? I don't know. Henson struggles, you're slacking. You're slacking. Get on this, Henson struggles. Here's the thing no one's even tagged them. No. So that's the only time they post is if they're tagged. So are you just used to this by now? (laughs) I've been on Henson Struggles once and it's whenever I tagged myself because I was like, no, this deserves Henson Struggles. This is bad. I've been on there twice. One was I I posted some art that I found on Etsy that was pretty cursed. And then the second time somebody responded, they put up a prompt saying, Who's a character in a show that that character couldn't have been done any other way by another person? And someone mm-hmm. said, Pepe as Toto for the Wizard of Oz special. And I uh-huh. responded with, Pepe blessed the rains down in Africa. Wait. <laughs> Wait. Yeah, that was so and funny. That, that made it on the Henson Struggles. That was so funny. Uh, Mary like lives the- there. Mary does Mar- live there. Mary lives on Hanson's struggles. We again, Mary, we love you. We miss you. We want you back. <laughs> Mary um, keeps their lights on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. <clears throat> my muppet, my muppet, my muppet struggle of the week is um, again. I've been moving. It's been very hectic. Uh, in my downtime, which is maybe 10 minutes before I can go to sleep, is I will, I've been working on a Skeeter, and an Annie Sue, and Scooter floor master dock. Because it's lovely. Thank you. Sprout has read it. Sprout helped edit it, because I, I don't know how to edit Google Docs on my phone, and my <laughs> laptop is uh, not working right now. And wait, so... so uh, I have so many thoughts about Skeeter, 
so many thoughts about Annie Sue and <laughs> so many thoughts about their respective relationship because they are in love. You can't take that from me. If you're if you're like Skeeter and Annie Sue in love, what's wrong with you? I am so big brained. I am in the twentieth dimension. You're in the you're in the third. I'm in the twentieth, baby. So they're in love and they have a life and I I've been working on it for a while now and it also has a lot of scooter stuff in it because obviously scooter and Skeeter are twins. Yep. And um at one point my phone decided to reset like update in the middle of the night and not just that Google Doc that I've been working on but all of my Google Docs decided they didn't want to show up for a full day. Oh no. Yeah, so like all of my articles for tough figs i'm writing all of my like fan fiction all of my book my book that i'm that's being published i was like everything's dead i'm but everything's fine now but there was a full day of me just like having a panic attack oh god that's a nightmare (laughs) a full nightmare so that was a full nightmare muppet struggle (laughs) um so are we good any last thoughts Mary, we miss you. Mary, we miss you. That's that's our final thought. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and now I want to thank Sprout for being on this episode with me. Oh, well, thank you for doing such a good job with this episode. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, I also want to thank at FireFerret93 on Twitter for our art banner on Twitter and also our artwork for the podcast. And I also want to thank at Turning to Stone on Twitter for the intro and outro voice acting. If you want to find us, uh, the Muppet Fans Talking Podcast Twitter is at Muppets underscore talking. Uh, Mary's Twitter is at Muppet Mulaney. My Twitter and all my social media is at Nerdy Maria Mania. And mine is Twitter at Palpoo Sprout. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you have a muppetational rest of your week. Bye! Bye! And for my final trick, I will make this podcast end. I'm going to need complete silence for this. I'm a little burrito now. Okay. Uh, so you 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 can bring that up on uh... yeah. the fact that I look like a little burrito. No, the the Muppet <laughs> rebrand Sprout. <laughs> I'm gonna come through your screen like the ring and strangle you. Keep this in the episode. <laughs>